You're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I'm joined today, technically for the second time, but realistically for the first time, uh, by Zach Small, formerly known as Hunter Drew. He has changed his name about 18 times, trying to find uh, the groove between Reddit and fitness blogging, posting on the Red Pill movement, family blogging, and finally he said, it's all got to come to an end and it's got to be me. So he stripped away the pen name, now you guys get the real deal, and that's why I wanted him on today to talk about killing Hunter Drew, because that's what this man did. So Zach... Welcome to the show for the first time. Thank you for having me. And I, I want to express how good it feels to hear you say that. I feel like you're truly speaking to me now. Yeah, it's, it's been weird. Like we were talking about earlier before we started recording is I've been guarding your real name like it was, you know, King Tut's tomb for the longest time. And then he came out and when you came out and said, you know, I'm Zach. The first thing I did, like you tweeted it and I, I sent you a text message like three seconds after you had posted it. Did you just accidentally dox yourself? That's when I knew you had my back because <laughs> I, I, I intentionally, it was starting to feel the waters. You know, ever since leaving the job, this was an, in, an inevitability. I knew once I no longer had the man to worry about and we can get into the many reasons why I went with the pen name. But one of them was, you know, I didn't want my job to be off my business and have it impact my family. And once that went away, it's just the, the, somebody flipped over the, the hourglass and the sand started going. It's like, all right, it's time. So I sent that tech, that tweet. I was like, look, we're connected. Don't let Corona make you scared or anything like that. You know, this is me reaching out to you, Zach. And it's like, poof, my phone blew up. <laughs> hey man, you just said Zach, not Hunter. I was like, oh, right, thank you for letting me know, but I did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. You know, we talked uh, a lot about uh, in some of our conversations uh, especially with me trying to rise up from my past being homeless and all this other about, you know, how I had to kill that old version of myself to become the man I am today. And so I kind of feel like I know where you're coming from when the identity starting to clash a little bit and you've got the old you versus the new you and you're trying to move forward. And but the thing is, no one ever called me by a different name, you know, unless it was asshole but you you did it for an entirely different reason you know when you were on reddit you were uh, the blue patriot i think uh, and then there was another one and then came hunter drew and then finally that comes out and the one thing is that the message has been consistent and raw and real through the entire thing it's just now you know, the man behind the green curtain is, is being shown. And I wonder, I wanted to ask you, what does that feel like to finally take off the mask and throw yourself out into the world and say, this is me. This is the real me after doing what you've done for so long with a pen name. It's, you know, the term liberating comes to mind, but that's not the proper. There's so much to it. You know, there's, there's little things that people will never see and they'll never understand. You know, my friends and family, they didn't know that I've written a book, you know, and 
when you write a book, you want to tell the world, right? You're proud of it. You're like, this is my baby. You know, like my, my soul is in this. I couldn't do that. You know, when people would ask me what I did, I would just say I was a life coach. Well, what do you do? I was like, I don't, I don't have, any, there's nowhere you could go. You know, um, the many not being able to talk to friends about it, not being able to talk to family. I mean, that was, it was like torture. It, it was like, like I couldn't fully express who I was within my real world, but that's what I talked or spoke about or, and wrote about online. And it's like, how am I going to tell these men, you know, put yourself out there, you know, be who you are, authenticity, you know, all these big words, sovereignty. Yet here I was still like, there was like a sliver of a degree where I was being a hypocrite. I was still saying, well, it doesn't matter what your name is, you know, it's, it's the quality and content that you have. You know, if your writing's good enough, it doesn't matter the letters of your name, it's the message. You know, and I just, for some people that works, for some people that's okay. But for me, my, my pride, my honor, that's a real thing that goes to my soul. And, and in the military, you know, that shines very well. Your, your name is on your uniform. And I always, I loved that. And I wanted that to be a proud, I was proud of that. So my last name is Small. And it's so fitting, because when everybody's trying to bash me for being vertically challenged at 5'8", I, I grew up with the last name Small. Nothing you can say. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I had to face this my whole life coming up. <laughs> so yeah, I got it. I'm the short guy with the last name Small. It's not an oxymoron. But getting rid of the pen name, killing Hunter Drew, you know, it's, it's, it was a necessity. One of us had to go, and it wasn't going to be me. Yeah, and you know, I understand why you did it with especially we you know we're in the age of doxing and people tracking down where you live and trying to call your employer and all this, that, and the other. But it brings to mind something I heard a while back where, uh, to put it in the best of terms, is if you out everything, if you throw everything out there, then there's nothing anyone can use against you because it's already out there and everyone's already seen it. You know, um, if you were, you know, Zach this entire time, it may have affected uh, where you worked. It, it could have affected, you know, how people spoke to you in public. If people tried to track you down for what they see as controversial topics that you write about, you know, and you've told everyone on the planet you live in Rhode Island. Rhode Island's only eight square feet, so it's not hard <laughs> to find you. Uh, did that fear go away when you said, no, this is the real me, or, or are you just now ready for it? I think there was a, a maturation of sorts. You know, I think I became a stronger man through the, the relationships I've made, you know, through the, the dealings, the speakings, the, a lot of my writing, you know, is for those who come to me saying, I have these issues. I'm like, oh, here's how I think you could deal with these issues. But some of my writing, and you're, as a writer, you know, I'm sure you feel this, you're sorting your own shit out. You're trying to go through and process it. And I'm learning, well, how do I, how do I have the guts to stand up to the entire world and say, this is me judge. I, I bring your worst, bring your hardest. I'm going to be able to face it. I now had that spine, you know, there, when I first started, I was in the military and I told myself, you know, I can't be political with the uniform. You're not allowed to, it's literally a law. Then I told myself, well, now I'm getting out of the military, but I don't want employers to see that I'm writing about uh, masculinity you know, men should lead these things that are not taboo at all in our world, but to some people, you know, that's heresy. <laughs> like, what do you mean men and women are different? You know, I didn't want to not get employed because of where I stood. And then, like I said, I left the job and you know, what, what excuse did I have? We, we all have this little thing because we're always with ourselves that the world revolves around us because we're always in us and everything we see is around us. So it literally does 
go around our perception of what reality is. And because of that, I thought I was a bigger deal than I was. I came out. Do you know what's happened since, I, since I've gone from Hunter to Zach? Nothing. <laughs> My friends and family, they now know what I do and they don't care because they're doing their own thing in life. So in my head, it was a bigger deal. But that said, I mean, there's very real consequences to some of the things I say and so be it. You know, you've got to stand for something. There are certain hills I, I will die on and so be it. If you want to come at me on those, I'll stand my ground. Yeah, I think a lot of times when we're facing a, you know, something in our own world, we imagine it being a bigger deal than it really is to anyone else. Because at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck about you or what you said. Out, you log off of Twitter, no one's going to give a fuck. Except maybe some psychos. But fuck them. And as for everyone else, you're thinking, oh my God, I'm going to give out my real name. My friends and family are going to find out that I think men and women are different. My friends and family are going to think you know, I'm an asshole because I said men should lead their wives and their families and be patriarchs and be good fathers and raise their daughters to be good women, to look for good men with standards and all this, that, the other. But no one gives a shit. But in our heads, in our worlds, especially with this faux woke society, you know, it's, it, it's, it would almost be a virtue signal to point at you and go, Zach, you're fired because you said women don't have a penis. And then stand up and look at the rest of the employees and say, look how woke I am. You know? <laughs> that's our world, man. We live that's in crazy times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's the fact that that's even a possibility, just like hearing you say that, it sounds funny. And then you see the guy who that happens to, and you're like, holy crap. Like, it sounds insane, but it's happening. Yeah, you know, satire is supposed to be satire, but now satire is our reality. You know, the Babylon Bee is actually becoming, you know, factual in <laughs> <laughs> everything it comes up. But so you took off the mask. And, you know, when I texted you the other day asking if you wanted to come back on the show, uh, you said you were standing in your shed and you were looking around and you were just looking at how much you had to do. And you were telling yourself over and over and over, this is worth it. What are your plans going forward as Zach, as far as the type of message you've been putting forward? Now, everything has been very ballsy and this is it. And if you don't like it, fuck off with your content as Hunter. Do you think you're going to have any kind of minor hangups to fight through uh, as, okay, I'm saying the exact same kind of things now, but this is my real name. This is my real life. This is who I really am. Do you think you're going to have that maybe a hangup of, uh, should I dial it down a little bit, especially after doing it for so many years, having to dial down what you say as you? You're 100% correct in that Hunter Drew you know, that was a ship that had to be burned and I, I burned it on the shore and there's no retreat, but that doesn't mean that I landed on a safer Island. It, it, if anything, I feel like now I have to prove myself once again, I've got to show like, Hey, this is where I stand. Cause now I've got friends and family who've not read the family alpha. So they don't really know where, like, what are you talking about? Well, it's my aim 
to continue to bring that same message in a better manner. I think I'm a better writer now. You know, I've been getting better each time I, I publish a piece, a better speaker, you know, I can deliver the content and the message in a more simplistic manner, allowing a, a broader understanding of what it is I'm trying to do. But it's my aim to improve families. If you're a man who reads my work or listens to my work and you don't walk away or come away from it better off and more knowledgeable to apply in your life, the knowledge that was gained, I, I failed. So it's my goal to continue to bring that. But when you sent me that text, I, I, I was looking at my whiteboard, which I ended up erasing. I had so much to do on the whiteboard. I just erased it. <laughs> I was like, I got to start over. It's like you have so many things to do in a day that you decide to go take a nap. I, I was, and still am, like there's this overwhelming, like, all right, I've got to clean up my new blog, leadershipinaction.com. I've got to get the new podcast going. I've got to get all these links working. I've got to get all these freaking, you know, I've got to update all these other things that I'm Zach now. And I was just sitting there thinking about all of it. I'm, it's like when you start a business and, and you're up at the middle of the night and you've spent, you know, all your money and you put everything into it. And you're like, this, this is the right thing. You have to tell yourself, I, I have to do this. And as a business owner yourself, you know, you've, you've probably been at moments where you're like, There's, this is insane. Like I, I bit off so much, like I've got to chew all this. Like, how am I going to do that? And you, you, there's just those moments where you just kind of double down on it. You're like, I'm going to, I, I will not quit on this. And you sent me the text that said, if I wanted to do this podcast and talk about how I ripped off the mask and dude, I got like choked up, like my throat closed because that's exactly what it felt like. It's like I was breathing through a straw as Hunter and I, I ripped that off and I'm like, <laughs> like, cool. I'm here. Like, this is me this whole time. I call it the eight mile approach. If you've seen the movie, eight mile Eminem on the final battle, he, he talks like he, I am white trash. I'm a bum, all these things. And he, he's like, now tell them something they don't know. And he throws the other dude a mic and the other dude he had just exposed as being a fake. As Zach, I've shared, like I was a terrible student. I stayed back in high school. Like there's nothing, you know, my, my, my youth from my mom's suicide all the way through military uh, uh, relationship issues. I mean, I've shared everything I've gone through. There's nothing different except now I feel like my name is on my content and I can't tell you how good that feels. And that's what reminds me and, it, and that's what fuels me to keep going forward and that this is the right thing. That's my name now that gets to go out there. When I walk on stage at 21Con, that's Zach. When I, when I you know, publish the next book, that's Zach. I get to see Zach go do things. And that's why I got rid of the Family Alpha because I felt I was trying to, I didn't want to continue on with Hunter's success. Hunter did that. Everybody knew that Hunter did that. And Hunter owns that. And that was Hunter's thing. All right, good on that dude. But this is now me. And leadership in action is Zach. I'm getting all worked up, man. <laughs> like, it's good feeling. I'm really, I'm digging it. Yeah, I remember uh, I had you on the podcast, uh, episode 11. And we talked about uh, when you wrote 31 Days to Masculinity. When you saw the paperback version of your book that you wrote, but it had someone else's name on it, yeah. do you feel like maybe you got cheated out of that feeling or was it something that kind of just brought you to where you are now? So the, the next time you're holding a paperback that you wrote is going to say by Zach fucking small. I will um, include fucking in there. That, that is my middle name, actually. You, you have to. There's, there's definitely, there's layers to it, like everything, like an ogre and an onion. There's layers. But that book, 31 DTM, like, like I said, my soul is in that. The next one I write and that I choose to publish instead of just make ebook for whatever, and I'm going to publish it and have the physical copy. I think there will be another element and possibly the feeling of this is my first book. Like this is the first book by Zach. 
even though I've written three other ones. Yeah, you know, I, I had that feeling when uh, I started Rugged Legacy, and then that day that I had my hands on the physical products that had friggin' barcodes on it, you know, and it was all packaged up nice and beautiful. And it was almost like holding one of my kids, you know, except he smelled better. <laughs> <laughs> and it was something, you know, I created. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like if I had of started Rugged Legacy as Jeff Patterson or whatever, I honestly don't know if I would have had the drive to go at it as hard as I have with the ebooks, the the podcast, the blog, the emails, you know, all of the products, the forty something products now when I started with twelve. I don't think I would have had the drive to do that because my last name wasn't writing on it. Uh, do you think that now that your name's on it, you feel maybe a little more emboldened and a little more obligated to deliver so that your name lives up to the content that you're wanting to put out or vice versa? I think, I believe that it's already started that change. You know, if you look at my social media content now, I could actually show a picture of my child. I can show a picture of the baseball field we go to and not have to worry about blacking out the field name. You know, I had to black out the town I was on in my son's jersey on a photo I wanted to share. Uh, when I go out with my wife, I'm now sharing pictures of myself and my wife. I can say Jackie. You know, I can I do these things that I couldn't do before. And do you know how irritating that is, you know, to to be so proud of something and you're, you can't share it? You know, I'm so freaking proud of, of my town. I'm so proud of my family, what we're doing, uh, the accomplishments I have. And I've always said, you know, if you guys knew half of what I was doing that I don't share, you wouldn't believe me. Like, you wouldn't believe I'm doing half the things I'm doing because you're like, oh, that's nobody's going out and doing that much. But that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, that's exactly what you're doing behind the scenes in FOE. I get to see a lot of what the world doesn't, you know, and it's, if they saw a minute, like just a piece of that, they wouldn't believe you. They're like, Oh, you have that many kids and you can still do this, this, and this with your woman or this, this, and this with your, your family or your friends, or you go out and do this with your house. You know, like, yeah, I, that's exactly what I'm doing. It's, it's liberating. Like, I feel like a weight's off my chest and I'm able to just kind of flow man like just hit that that rhythm and be like hey yeah here's where i'm at here's what i'm doing and come on out you know i'm at this field right here you want to play baseball show up you want to pick it show up uh, you know you came i know you've been struggling with it for a while and we, we've talked about it in the past trying to get up to the point of using your real name and doxing yourself but that all happened when covid19 was very you know prevalent in the news and everybody was scared and uncertain and some people were hunkering down ready for the long ride and a lot of people were furloughed like myself I spent like six weeks you know just doing crap around the house and writing and you had said during that time that COVID was going to be the thing where you either showed up or got showed up and a lot of people, of course, who sat around Netflix and chilled. Other people started, like, the, fir the first time ever they had time to kind of self-analyze. Um, was that time period 
uh, and telling everybody to step up was that what kind of led you to saying, all right, you know what, I have to practice what I preach, so to speak? It played a role for sure. I mean, I'm a very empathetic person. Like I, like I can feel things that other people are going through. It's, it's my leadership style. Some people have, are very good at certain things. That's my thing, body language. And I can legit feel like what that person's exuding. And it, it, it's helped me very well. On Twitter, I could feel the tension. Like I, I could feel that in my soul, how worried people were. This was just starting off. You know, people thought people were gonna be dying quarantine jobs. I mean, you were furloughed freaking so many people were, they still haven't gone back. Businesses closed. Like the tension was so high. And I, I hated that because my message is unity. It's community. It's coming together and it hurt. And that's why when I first shared my name, I, I had a, a talk with my wife prior to, and I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to do this. Like, I have to do this. This is like my calling. This is my moment. It's like somebody flipped the, the bat signal. I was like, hey, like we all have those moments where we got to make our decision. And that choice that you make is going to change the rest of your life. And I came to that crossroads and I made my decision to go all in on me. And I, I could very easily and very comfortably have stayed Hunter and stayed writing at the Family Alpha for many years to come. But that's, that wasn't even a choice to me. As soon as I felt that need for, hey, let's connect. Well, I, I didn't, there was no choice. You just had to go. You just had to decide. You just had to move forward, and I did. Yeah, I don't. I don't think a lot of people ever get the opportunity to come to that kind of thing, um, where it's a, a do or die kind of moment. I had that moment uh, the day I paid my first invoice for everything with Rugged Legacy, and it was every single cent. Literally, I emptied the savings account on one invoice and that was for the website the packaging you know the, the whole shebang everything that i'd done to get prepped up and set up for you know shipping and marketing and all this other that was my last little lifeline if anything had have happened hell if i'd have gotten a flat tire you know i'd have had to go cut somebody's grass to be able to afford to get a new tire and i sat there and it was and I know you love the term. I just had a real bad case of the fuck it. And I just hit, you know, hit pay now on my phone. And it was, it was that kind of moment. But I don't think a lot of people get to experience that. You know, I think a lot of people right now are walking around in masks, uh, proverbially uh, and literally but they're walking around in these masks and they feel so much safer. And maybe that has a lot to do with why people want to, you know, these whole COVID-19 masks, they feel safer wearing them, but that's not the only mask they're wearing. A lot of people are wearing masks that are hiding who they really are or what they really think or how they really feel. And they don't have the opportunity or they don't see an opportunity where it's time to take off the mask and it's time to throw myself out there and say, this is me. And I don't, I just, I don't know. It, it, it feels like maybe there's a little more something to it than I'm afraid 
of being judged. Maybe I'm afraid of, you know, being laughed at or made fun of because I, I tried this thing and I told everybody about it. Cause we all have people that even in our, in our closest lives, you know, closest to us in our lives that when we try to do something new or friends and family will shit on it and whatever. But it's almost like it's become second nature to hide who you are. And to me, I did that for a long time. And but once I've got once I got to the point where I said, No, this is me, I'm gonna go balls to the wall, I'm just gonna say fuck it and we're gonna do it. I've never felt more free in my life. But I, I, I kinda have to wonder if people are afraid of that freedom because of the responsibility that it brings. I mean, absolutely. You you see it everywhere. People are afraid to take a cho- or take a stance with all the, the protests going on right now. You know, you you have to pick a side. And people are like, oh, I'm happy for everything. Okay. Politics. You have to just pick a side. Like, where do you stand in this issue? Oh, I'm, I'm good with all of it. What are you afraid of losing? You know, a ship that remains in harbor never tests its crew. It never proves its metal. You know, it never proves itself in the, in the war zone. It never says, I can make it through the storm. It never does anything. It just sits there and rusts. You have to go out. You, you know, playing it safe, you're just going to rust. Your soul is just going to atrophy. You have to go out. You have to harden yourself. You have to take a stance. I, you know, I'm willing to lose family and friends over what I write, what I say, where I, what I believe in. This is my life. I only get one shot of it. I don't want to live my life trying to make somebody else's life more comfortable. I'll say my truths. You say yours. And if we can't agree on them, you go your way, I'll go mine. And if we can, then we march together closer than we were before because now we know where we stand. Yeah, I... I know where you're coming from with that one. Uh, it came to light some of the things that I've written, because as you could probably imagine, my book, uh, Leading Your Wife, uh, was made known at my job. That went over well, very well. But, uh, you know, of course it came down to, you know, you guys, nobody knows where I work. There's nothing attaching my name to anything where I work on my social media, you know, anything like that. You can do a bunch of educated guesses and you may or may not be right, but there's nothing, you know, tying me to it. So I, you know, it was one of those where I had to stand my ground and say, you don't like it, don't look at it. You know, you don't want to read it, don't buy it. But people are afraid to take a side uh, on anything and it's, you know, they don't want to make waves. You know, they just, they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to make waves. They don't want to make someone else feel uncomfortable. And so they, they spend their entire lives behind a mask because it's safer rather than, all right, if you don't like me, you don't like me. If you don't like what I have to say, you don't like what I have to say. Was your time, you know, because you, you, you took a lot of hits as Hunter Drew on social media People would constantly come at you left and right. You would have to get on the, you know, the block button, you know, stampede. Did that thicken you up a little for what's coming? Because you know you're going to get hit again eventually. It did in the sense that it hardened and proved, you know, where I was strong, where I was weak when it came to frame. There were times where I lost frame. I lost composure. And I would just start online arguments. And then there were other times where I'd get slammed and I was like, oh, I'd, 
you, you mean nothing to me in my life. You're just words on a screen. Like, why am I letting it bother me? From when I started the blog in 2015 till now, that's probably the greatest growth I've had is the people I allow into my head. You know, like nobody gets space in my head any longer. Before, I mean, trolls, I would try to argue each one and then there'd be like hundreds of them. <laughs> you're like trying to play whack-a-mole. You hit one and like five more pop up. And I was like, mentally, it was my, my, my notifications would blow up. Now it's like, oh, I'm block. Oh, you're mad? Okay, I don't care. Like, I have a life to go live. I mute. Yeah. You know, except now you've got, you know, you said you're willing to lose friends and family over this. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come to it. But when I, when people started finding out what I was writing, what I was about, what I had to say, you know, I lost like five people that I'm blood related to on the same day. They came at me hard left and sideways, and I was like, all right, well, block button real life. I had to do that. You say you're capable of doing that, and it, it's it, – shit like that's easy for me because of my past. But I can imagine that for someone else out there, maybe people listening who – or maybe they're wearing a mask of their own right now, and they're just toes in the water. They want to jump in, but they're afraid. What do you think that they should start considering? Because, again, it's easy for me because of the way I, I, I grew up in the hard past that I have. I can cut people off like a light switch. I don't give a shit. But other people don't have that. They're, they're not as easily detachable from those who may or may not be someone near and dear to them. If they want to come out and say, I think that... Trump is a terrible guy, or I think that Trump is a great guy, and they've got one of those hard line left or right families, and this is just an example, and they're going to lose families of it, because sadly we've seen people lose family members over political preferences, which is ridiculous. But just as an example, those kind of things, what would you say to these guys who are on the edge and they're scared to commit to it and pick a side because they're afraid of what's coming? Hey, this is Nate from Unlimited Life Concepts, and we teach people how cash flow strategy can be just as powerful as investing. Imagine being able to earn interest on every dollar that flows through your hands, whether you're spending it or saving it. We offer a lifetime membership to our financial education platform for $77, but right now you can use promo code RUGGEDLEGACY and save 50% off. With Go Hunt America, you can experience your own outdoor adventure at the touch of your finger. You can find hunting, fishing, and camping spots anywhere in the U.S., put there by private landowners, and you can even list your own. It doesn't matter if it's a large tract of land or a small duck blind. Just go to GoHuntAmerica.com to get started. Coming soon to the Google Play and Apple App Store. tell them it's about time that they started living the life as who they were instead of trying to be the guy they think other people want them to be you know if if your family wants you to be somebody who hates trump but that's not who you are but that's the show you're putting on you're, you're just a little puppy you're not really living you're just trying to stay within the the buoys of their 
what, what they're allowing you to be. That's not living your life. That's, that's, that's death to me. That's you're, you're trying to contain. It's like a bird, a beautiful bird that's trapped in a cage. Like you're not flying. You're stuck in a cage and you can't step outside that cage. So they die. And at that point, how many years have you lost? You know, it's, you know, you say a lot of the mask. I wrote a piece called stop being a clown. And the way I see it is every time you make a decision like that, you choose to just go with the flow. So you don't make waves. It's like, you're putting on some makeup and then you do it again. You put on some more makeup, put it on again. Oh, and I get the big smile. All right, put it on. All right, here's your red nose. All right, now go dance and entertain people because that's what you are. You're a fucking clown. You're there to entertain them and to make them happy, make them comfortable. Instead of being a fucking man who's, this is my face. There's no makeup. There's no mask. This is where I stand. You know, to those who are conflict adverse, maybe they're young men who haven't had that example. Start with little things. Start with like the smallest of decisions saying, I'm going to go do this. Well, I don't want you to go do that. No, I'm going to because this thing right here is what I want to do. And don't make it a life-changing decision, but maybe something small. You know, I, I don't have any examples right now, but a small decision as to what you want to wear, what kind of car you want to buy. I mean, hell, even where you want to go eat. Where do you want to go? Oh, I don't care. Start caring. You know, start giving genuine answers. Start having a, a fuck to give, you know, and then do it again and do it again. And then keep elevating this. You know, whether you're try, trying to prove a point on the political side, maybe you're, you're leaving the church or you're finding a new church. And they're like, no, you can't do, like, you don't need permission from anyone to live your life. Nobody, nobody has that kind of control over you unless you are still living under your parents and you're, you're not of legal age. And even then that's only certain limitations that you should have. But I mean, if you want to live the optimal life and you want to have a sense of purpose in your life, you have to, like, you absolutely have to make decisions on who you are and what you want, not with the intent of making somebody else happy. That's how you have nice guys. That's how you have flawed relationships. That's how you have a lack of purpose. That's how you get depression. That's how you start leading towards suicide because you don't know how to be you. You don't know how to channel anything that's inside you. You're bottling it all up. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned the, uh, the, if you're still living under your parents' roof and not of legal age yet, you know, my son, uh, my third one, he turns 18 in 10 days. Right. And he, he comes out with this great big attitude every now and then. Uh, I'm leaving when I'm 18. And my wife and I were just, okay, welcome back whenever you want. Well, I'm going to go to this state. Need a ride? Yeah. And I think with the people who are afraid to come out and just, I'm doing this. If you ask them, who are you? They don't know. They don't know who the hell they are because like you said, they've been wearing makeup. They've been wearing a mask. They've been doing everything to please everyone else. So you ask them, who are you? And they have no fucking clue what to say. And maybe it's, that's, something that seems to have happened on like a mass scale where it's starting to be expected of everyone. And maybe that's why my son does it, you know, well, I'm leaving and moving out and, you know, I'm going to go join a cult or I'm moving to Japan or whatever the hell. And my wife and I are, okay, be you, you know, well, I don't want to go to church. Don't go to church. I'm going to drag you in there and beat you with a cross. I mean, you know, like, I don't go to church unless my wife asks me to go with her, you know. 
but I think that maybe that's ingrained in our society where people, when they do come out to say, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to say. This is what I want to see. They feel like they have to do it with gusto just because they're anticipating pushback from it. Because my wife and I, we've never tried to push our kids into any little box, you know, to fit this profile and be this way, think this way, think and be and do whatever the hell, you know, to be you. But it's almost like they expect some pushback. Like, no, you're not leaving. You're not moving out of state. You're not going to go snort cocaine with Elon Musk on the space station, you know, without inviting me. It, it, it feels like they expect some pushback. And I, you think it's because that's how everybody's being programmed now? Anybody who doesn't fall into to line with what you think you're supposed to attack them? I think that it's, it's twofold. You know, your son's becoming his own man. So part of him is like, you know, you and your wife are his final, like, the bosses he has to be to go out and prove himself as a man, you know, there's like Mortal Kombat. He's, he has to beat you guys. He's got to prove it to you. He's got to stick it to you. Like, ah, I'm going out and I, I beat the monsters and now I'm my own man. And all right, I love mom and dad. And he comes back totally cool, but he had to prove that because that was the final chapter, the final becoming his own. I think there's an element of that there, which is healthy. I mean, it's good. You should want to prove something and go out and make his own name in the world. I think the other part of it though, is exactly what you're saying is that, well, I'm going to go do this and you can't stop me. Well, so many kids are living in environments where they are being stopped. You know, they're, they're in places where they don't have that, that freedom to go out and go. So they, they want to shove it to them. I'm similar to you. My kids, they, they express themselves. You know, we have our boundaries for sure. You know, there's discipline for sure. And I feel like I have to make that caveat because people think if you say you let your kids, you know, think for themselves that they're little punk kids who don't have manners and go and scream around stores. That's not the case. You know, so th we do have our standards that we live by, but they're free to, if you want to ask questions, if you want to do this, you want to try that, do it. You should maximize your experiences now. And that way you find out who you are, what you like, you know, what you don't like. You, you learn as much about who you aren't as who you are when you go out and do things. But again, this goes back to the ship being in the harbor. If you never go out in the world, what do you like? Who are you? Back to your question, you know, answer the question, who are you? If all you can do is regurgitate news stories, if you can regurgitate influencer comments, you don't have any original thoughts. Well, you never sharpened your skills. You never made a name for yourself. You know, I'd much rather my kids tell me, hey, I'm gonna go take on this challenge and you can't stop me. Good, and I hope you win. And when you come back, you know, tell me all about it. Yeah, I think that may be why we see so many people afraid to take off their mask or wipe off the clown makeup is because they grew up in that environment where no, you have to go to church three times a week or no, you have to dress this way. You have to cut your hair this way. You can't listen to this music. You can't ask questions about this because it just is what I say it is because I said it is. And so they spend their entire childhood being trained to be a people pleaser. They spend their entire childhood being trained to, go with the flow and don't rock the boat and so then they just suffer for 40 years until their family you know dies or they eventually move away and then they're you know 45 to 60 years old and they have no idea who the fuck they are or what the fuck they want and they've got this life that they look back on and regret every decision they didn't make so maybe that's got something to do with it 
you know, we're, all of them have been trained since childhood of the, uh, uh, what does our friend Anthony call it? The I told you so parents. I was just going to bring them up. Anthony Migliorino, our, our shared companion. So, you know, he talks a lot about, I actually wrote a piece on this about how we're raising the next nice guys, but I'm going to broaden that and speak about sons and daughters. You know, if they go to school and teachers are saying, you're not allowed to ask that, that, that is detrimental to a young mind that's trying to grow and thrive. You know, you're not allowed to ask about the Salem witch trials. You're not allowed to ask about slavery. You're not allowed to ask about this topic and that topic and why we went into this war. Why you know, Don't talk about those things. They're off limits. Nothing is off limits, and especially in the home. You know, again, Anthony and I had a podcast and we were talking about, we always recognize that the world is dark. We've all used that. It's a dark world. It doesn't care. It just does its thing. You know, you need to be a light. But that dark world outside shouldn't be living inside your home. Your house is where it should be brightest, where your children can thrive. Dad, why, why are these cops kneeling on this black guy's neck? Why are these protests going on? Dad, why is the government acting like this? Dad, why are these people? These are all questions I've had to answer. And it's, I don't say, hey, don't talk. Don't worry about it. It's not for you. Or go do this because I told you so. Why do we do th things this way? Let me tell you, buddy. The reason we cut the grass this way. The reason, you know, you need to go pick up the dog poop that way. The reason that you've got to go bring the trash out, this, these are how our family does these things. And here is why. But as parents, you can't say, do this because I told you so. Because you're also saying, you're going to have the childhood I had. You're going to do it because I had to do it. And that's not proper. That is not the way to raise a child. There are certain values that you should carry on that are universal. Absolutely. Grit, compassion, you know, love, uh, discipline, you know, being able to just push yourself if you don't want to. Uh, taking care and doing honorable things to, to not tarnish the family name. Those are, those are universal things. But just because your parents said you weren't allowed to play a, a musical instrument doesn't mean your kid can't play a musical instrument. Don't live vicariously through your child. My son plays baseball. I've seen a lot of dads who have their kids playing baseball that don't even want to be on that damn field. But because dad played, kid has to play. No, how about you find out something about your kid? How about you learn about their interests and then put them in that endeavor? If my son wanted to build rockets and he didn't want to compete in any sport whatsoever, we would be the most hardcore rocket building dynamic duo in the world. I would have him in rocket building championships. I would have us launching out of the backyard because that's his interest. You know, I don't care about painting. I paint all the time with my daughter. You know, it's, you need to let them become who they are. And then they're not going to have, you know, the issue that we see of so many broken adult men and women who don't have a clue. And all they can do is just, scroll on Facebook and retweet this and freaking hashtag that that's, that's their life. They have no, they have nothing else. Yeah. You know, we make fun of people who, who all they do is regurgitate, you know, the sound bites or the talking points from a politician or a celebrity or an influencer or whatever the hell that is. And we, we talk about, you know, you're not a free thinker, you know, you need to think for yourself. But a lot of people are out there who are saying these things are raising their kids to don't think, you know, don't think for yourself. Don't think, just do what I said. And so they're raising a generation of people that they make fun of and mock and hate. And they're going to be hated and made fun of and mocked by others. You know, they don't know who they are because they were never allowed to learn who they are and their parents never let them know who they are. And so that mask, it's, it's almost like a default you know, they, they grew into it and it's so goddamn tight now. They can't take it off. It's a part of who they are. And to me, 
there, there's nothing sadder than that. You know, just I saw the other day there was a a little boy uh, in the shopping cart. My wife and I had to go to Lowe's, surprise, for more shit because we're still doing this massive makeover at the house. And the little boy was in the shopping cart, and his he picked up what the hell it was. It was one of those little uh, flashlight hats, got the LED lights in the brim. <clears throat> And he picked it up and he put it on his head backwards. And his dad like lost his shit. Kid's like five, you know. Dad lost his shit right there in the middle of the store. You never wear your hair that way. I mean, you never wear your hat that way. You wear it this way because this show's proper and respectful and da 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 He just lost his shit because the kid wanted to do something as simple as put a hat on backwards, you know. And I'm looking at this guy like, I'm going to hit you in the face with a ceiling fan if you don't calm the fuck down. You know, it's... I mean, think about it. Think about how tightly wound that man has to be to have an emotional reaction to a hat. Yeah. Like, like my, my kids, like, they don't wear their hat sideways. But I, I would, if they walked over the hat sideways, they're, they're fooling around. But I would say, hey, put your hat forward. And if they're wearing it backwards, like, hey, put it all the way backwards. You know, like, that's, that's kind of where I draw it. But at no point am I going to yell at them for that. Like, it's a hat. Look, if that's the worst my kids do it, like, we're cool. If that kid thought it was funny, hey, that could have been a great moment for the dad to laugh with him. <laughs> funny look. Little, you know, guy, I want to put you in the attic with a hat. You can go look around and see if you find any rats. What a great moment that could have been. And instead, he lost his shit. The kid, like, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, screaming and yelling over a hat. I'm just thinking to myself, this kid probably has zero ability to say, I want to learn how to do this. I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn how to do this. Because his dad's going to go, no, that's not what you do. You know, he's going to be like one of those, those, those tiger moms that you see, you know, uh, <clears throat> mainly the, 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 the traditional Chinese ladies. No, my son's going to medical school yep. and he's dumber than shit. And he's, he just needs to go and like fold laundry somewhere, <laughs> you know, but he's going to medical school. And he's never going to be allowed to play or he, he's musically talented as shit. Can't play violin. You have to go to Harvard medical school. And there's just, you, you look outside and you see these people protesting. I'm okay with the protesters. And to be honest, I'm okay with some of the riot, if I'm being frank, because some of these people are just fighting back against the system. I mean, some of them are just out there to tear shit up because of the fuck of it. But I feel like a lot of people are out there doing this shit right now because they're fighting back against a system of, and I mean, people of every color and creed, that's always told them because I fucking said so. And there's, and you know, they're not getting any kind of rationale behind it. And so you're literally spending your entire life with, and I, I hate to use this uh, analogy, but, you know, with a foot on your neck, you know, a metaphorical foot on your fucking neck. Too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> and, you know, and, but I mean it. You, you, everybody walks around and there's plenty of people who aren't from, whether it's a, a religiously or racially oppressed, you know, culture or whatever you want to call it that have their own bout in the way they grew up and they're just shit on their entire lives and forced into a little box that are never allowed to spread their wings and grow and figure out who the fuck they are. And so a lot of this is a release for them. You know, finally get that fuck you to the guy who, you know, kept pushing them down the entire time, whether it was their parents or school or a boss or whatever. 
And I think if we if we could take our children and raise them as the way we wish we could be, then we won't have these problems in the next generation. I mean, somebody has to break that cycle. You know, yeah. it's got to be somebody, and that's why we do what we do. I would love if if we were worked out of a job to where we there were no men who needed to hear this. Like I, that would be fantastic. We could talk about something else, but this is that important because there are men who need to hear this. And if you're listening and you're one of the ones who needed this, now you take the action and apply it. Somebody has to break that freaking loop, or else you're gonna pass the mask that you're wearing onto your kid or onto your friends or whoever it is that is watching you. You know, there's there's a big you can't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. You know, how, how stupid would, would a child feel if they're always being told, you go to medical school, medical school, and you're like, I don't get science. I don't even like science. You know, but you're going to medical school or your disappointment. And they're like, I love, I absolutely love to sing and, and to create art. And it, you, you chop the hands off Picasso because you're telling him he can't paint. He's got to go, you know, be a doctor and, and hand out pills or something. You know, it's just sad how many kids are in that position. And how many young adults, you know, you made a good distinction. There are, there are people who are rising up against for their own selfish needs. They're going to go loot the store. They're going to get, I'm going to get mine. I can't tolerate. I think that's un-American. The ones who are standing up to the system though, and they're looking to prove a point because they, they need to take a stand against something they feel is going against their country's values. You have my full support. That that's American as hell. You know, that that's red, white, and blue all day. You don't have to take it laying down and to see the, the difference is there. The news, the way it portrays it, you know, it's definitely painting a certain picture. But I want children, not children who will just protest a protest, but I want children who will defend a line if it's crossed. So I don't want them out there chanting and yelling and cheering because all these other people are doing it and they want to fit in. No, you come up with a solid strategy. You work underground and you, you do something that's going to make real change happen. That's how you get back. You know, you don't try because you're afraid of being the outcast. Judgment is the biggest thing that scares students from asking questions. They don't want to be judged by their peers because they don't want to be kicked out of the group. You know, asking the question, you're like, oh, that's the idiot. We talked about that this morning on our chat. You know, people don't want to be the idiot. Well, teach the kid who has the, the balls to say, hey, I have a question, teacher. You know, hey, government, I have a question. You're going to answer me, though. I'm not going to sit and just take this and not ask questions. I'm going to ask my questions. You're going to give me answers. You work for me. I don't work for you. Yeah. You know, I'd said, and a lot of people got really pissed off about this, but I said, you know, I don't understand, you know, with the way the protest started, uh, well, they started like burning down like Target. I think Target was the first thing to hit the news that they had looted and set on fire. It was Target. See, like fat white women running by with lamps and <laughs> shit. You know, uh, good job, Karen. You stole 25 bucks worth of shit. But, me again i'm some of the rioting i'm like okay with because i would want to fucking riot if i was that pissed it's the anger of being shit on your whole life that i understand and i had said you know what if i was pissed off at the cops for this and i and i was going to be outside riding i would burn down every fucking police station every fucking courthouse and city hall and say okay cocksuckers now you guys got to rebuild you fucking shit on my world, I shit on yours. And now we'll see if you guys can come up and we can come to an understanding. You know, that was my whole thing. And I think there is a small percentage of people out there who are like us. We had that moment 
where we were like, hold the fuck up. Now, you know, fuck this. I got to stand up. I got to say something. I got to do something. I think there's a very small percentage of people who are out there, part of the rioters and the protesters, who had that moment. And of course, every, the, the majority of them are going to be the followers and the ones who, like you said, are, I'm just going to get mine and yada, yada, yada. But that small percent, if they can take, if we, and, and men like us and the, and the people who are listening to this episode can take the energy that they would ha- that they have to do that and have that kind of just will to tear down the old system to rebuild a new one, and they could channel that right into the way they raise their kids. I'm not saying don't go tear down the system and rebuild it. You could do both, but you could change the system from within by changing the way we raise our kids. And so to never put that mask on them, to take yours off and show, and show them that you took it off in front of them. Because, you know, kids are going to do what dad does. It's like our chat this morning with the brushing the teeth thing. If the kids see you changing and you can, like you said, give them the reason why rather than because we are and because I said so, they can rebuild the system and tear it down from the inside. And we can fix this bullshit in a generation or two. We can just channel that and just keep reaching out and helping others do the same. You know, they say wars begin in the minds of men. That's all, all wars. They started up here first. That's where the battleground is. And I believe while people view the protests and Corona to be a net negative, chaos presents opportunity. And having your child where you can train, not train, you can educate them at home through the homeschooling because they shut down the schools. That's another opportunity. Maybe you start getting more involved in their education. You know, your company laid you off. Maybe you realize that a job is just a job. And no matter how many years you dedicated to them, how many holidays you worked, how much overtime you put in, at the end of the day, if it's going to save them a buck, you're gone. The loyalty will not be presented to you. And now I think people are realizing that. I think there are a lot of opportunities here for people to come out of this better than they entered it. And that's through connection with family. That's through connections with friends, placing a priority on, you know, having food and firearms over the next largest TV and then the newest cell phone, you know, start putting a priority on things that actually matter. I do hope that this, these events, not even this has been several <laughs> have given or instilled those values that, that 20, shift to 2020 the is like a hurricane of tiny fish. that just keep hitting, man. It's not even July yet. <laughs> it's been like three years this year. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Um, taking that free time that you do have to finally step back and you see what matters. Everything starts at home. The way you go, way your children are going to go out into the world and the way they're going to interact with their uh, employers and employees and their peers and this and that and the other, they're all going to learn that from how they are at home. And then the way they behave in society is going to be the way you taught them to behave. And so you see these people out, you know, doing wrong or whatever, you know, the, the, and, and these illegitimate causes, you're going to see them and you can look at them and say, well, you can tell, you can kind of tell how they were raised. And then you look out and you see the ones who are fighting back against the system positively with their righteous causes. And you can tell they had parents that taught them to stand the hell up. 
and told them it was okay to ask questions. It was okay to question authority, and it was okay to say, no, some shit ain't going to fly. And if everything could just start being rebuilt at home, starting with how we take care of our families and starting with how we raise our children, in the next couple of generations, anybody with any kind of other agenda is going to be fucked. They're not going to be able to. They're going to be way outnumbered because we fixed the shit at the source before it got outside. I mean, as, as you're saying that, I'm thinking – a lot of these people are making emotional based decisions and that's, that's no, I mean, your, your children stamping your feet, but if you raise your children properly, it's not that they don't have emotions, but they make emotionally fueled, logical and with, with reason decisions that are going to have long-term outcomes instead of immediate results. It's still emotional, you know, coming out of Zach, you know, killing hundred years. That was, that was an emotional thing I went through, but that's, that emotion fueled me. I didn't make the decision because of the emotion. I just allowed the emotion to fuel a better decision. So the act of killing Hunter, I mean, that was personal. Like I literally killed a part of myself, but it's just a name, but it was also everything it represented. The, the fear of the doxing, the fear of this, the fear of that. I killed that. And now it's funny. The, what I thought was protecting me, you know, and keeping me safe was actually a cage. I was trapped. I wasn't safe in there. I was stuck in there. Now I'm free. I had the keys the whole time, and it's just, it's good to be out. I'm glad you finally came out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, we're getting really close to the end of the hour here. But, you know, we're talking about changing the way we do things at home and our kids seeing that and then them taking that out into the world and affecting the world that way. And that's how we can change the way the system is set up from the inside. Did your kids know about your alter ego, Hunter Drew? And did and, and also, did they? Were, were, did you make them aware of what you were doing when you were killing Hunter Drew and becoming Zach again? No, to all no. those questions. Okay. Uh, I did not make them aware that I I'm Zach now, but I did. They did know about Hunter. Like, well, okay. you know, this is my job because I had to go to FOE events. I'd fly down to Florida for 21 con events. I'd sneak into my shed and talk for a podcast. They're like, what is dad doing? Well, dad has a podcast. Can I listen to it? Why is it Hunter Drew? Who is that? I sat and explained it. You know, and this goes back to our point. I shared, I treat them like the young man and woman adults that they're going to become. Hey, I, I do this because I don't want people to know about my work. You know, and I guess I probably should explain to them why I made the decision to start using my real name. And I, that'd probably be a really good lesson. I'll do that after this. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, is that something you planned on doing? Because I think that's, I think that's a very positive message that they can learn from is, you know, once you've reached a point where you are, you can no longer grow without being 100% true to yourself and authentic. You just have to do it. And the courage that comes behind that, I think that'd be a great lesson. So people listening, that was mentorship 101 live so thanks jeff i'm, I'm gonna do that ah, you're very welcome but since we are here at the end before we wrap up you've killed the family alpha right it exists because the words men do need them but i no longer right there you're no longer right there so for people who want to check out hunter drew's content zach's content uh 
you're not going to get anything new there. You can go to thefamilyalpha.com, and you can find everything that he's ever put out uh, under Hunter Drew with the Family Alpha there. Uh, there's links to his podcast, links to the blogs, and his new podcast is the Leadership in Action podcast, and it's uh, leadershipinaction.com, right? Correct. And that's where all your new writing is going to be? Correct. Still centered around the same thing that was in the Family Alpha, but now uh, new face, new name, new blog, same good old content and value, right? That's, I mean, the, the motto for the Family Alpha was keeping masculinity in marriage. Now it's about leadership and action. It's about going out and doing the things. You have to lead yourself. You have to lead your family. You have to lead your community. So again, just like masculinity, marriage, fatherhood, same thing. Great. Well, uh, for those of you listening, there will be links to find all these in the show notes. And also, you've heard uh, Hunter and I talk. Sorry, I see I did it again. I'm still used to calling you Hunter. You've heard Zach and I talking about the Fraternity of Excellence. Uh, I've been a member uh, for over a year now. It's hard to believe. Uh, it's an online community for men holding each other accountable and helping them become the best version of them that they can be. A better husband, better man, better, better father, better, better son, uh, a better member of the community. In every way that you could possibly improve, there are men in there doing the exact same thing and or have already done the exact same thing and are there to help you every step of the way. If that's something you're interested in, uh, you can also check out the links in the show notes. And if you don't join, it's got to be because you're a woman because there's no girls allowed. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> but that's going to do it for this one. This is episode 30 of the Rugged Legacy Podcast. And well, the second time I've had him on is the first time he's here under Zach. So Zach, thank you for coming on, brother. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, for those of you listening, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do it by going to anchor.fm slash Rugged Legacy, and you can become a supporter. And for all the ads that you heard mid-roll through this, check them out. There's some really good companies. Uh, Smith Homestead, uh, Conquer Watches, Unlimited Life Concept, and Go Hunt America. And Go Hunt America is really cool. It is basically the Airbnb for outdoorsmen. So be sure to check that out. And thanks for listening. That's going to wrap it up. Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production.